Surprisingly, this is the 10th anniversary of when this movie, Star Wars The Clone Wars, the story that started it all, came out. This was also a day after my birthday, so I thought it'd be necessary and required to basically do this. Um, hey everyone, this is Nia Reality Entertainment. I'm now starting my uh, whole, you know, Star Wars Clone Wars retrospective kind of thoughts videos where I go over the seasons and I also need to talk about the TV movie. Yeah, as much as... Okay, here's the thing. I did not watch this in theaters. I saw this on TV. I went, and at the time, I didn't know this was in theaters. Because even as a kid when I learned this, I was like, okay, that's really weird. This seems more suited for TV. Yeah, I knew this should have been a TV movie. If they wanted to make a film, okay, that's that's okay. But I always felt like they should should have just put it to TV. It probably would like they probably would have gotten a better reception from fan from people instead of being treated as a gigantic commercial. Like that's the one thing that kind of bugged me about this. Like I like this. It's I, I find it's all right and a good introduction to some things. But I always felt like, well, why is this that? Why is it that? And not this. So, yeah, this is the, uh, okay, so if you take a look at this from a Legends perspective or a New Disney canon perspective, this is, like, probably the early days of the Clone Wars. Um, this focuses mostly on Anakin and Obi-Wan and the newly arrived of my favorite character, Ahsoka Tano. And she's up there with Revan, Mara Jade, Luke Skywalker of Legends... Um, basically a lot of characters I consider my top favorites. Ahsoka's up there. And, I've said this before, I am one of those probably few people that stuck by Ahsoka from beginning, middle, to end of her entire character arc to win the fans over. This was probably the best underdog story that was told in real, t real life, because... Fans, when they saw Ahsoka, a lot of them were like, eh, she's just going to die in episode 3, I really won't care about her. And then it became, well, now I don't want her to die, she's pretty awesome. Like, there's very few people that don't really like her, and I'll respect that, but I did love this underdog storyline that, that she was indirect, that she was inadvertently given. Like, this was George Lucas's idea, so I'm pretty sure a lot of people were like, well, it's George Lucas, so clearly he's lost it. Because Anakin never had a Padawan, not in the expanded universe. Well, that's a that's where that's like, yeah. Here's the thing. Whereas Disney just said reboot the whole franchise, they decided to retcon all the books, most of the books at least, that took place during the early days that show no sign of a Padawan for Ahsoka and just crammed it into a couple of weeks, if not months. Okay, at least they kept it. They didn't just destroy it. You know, like a certain company did. But, like, yeah, they retconned it. I think they gave it an extra year or so. Um, I don't really know. I think they just gave it, like, a couple months crammed into all these books and whatnot. And all the later books that take place, basically where you can imagine where it took place after the events of Ahsoka leaving... Yeah, but then they would have to also retcon Ventress's role because of because of her because of what happened to her in the old canon and what was planned for her in the Clone Wars series back when Disney was no was not in the control yet. But we'll get to that when we can. So, yeah, 
Anyways, um, Anakin is given this power on this young kid named Ahsoka Tano, and this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Pretty much bordering onto father-daughter relationship as the series series went on. Um, basically, the plot is to get a baby Hutlet, who is the son of Jabba the Hutt. Man, that must have been a nightmare for the writers of the expanded universe. Like, think of it from their perspective. They've been writing Jabba the Hutt's character before, during, and after his death. And... And then they're being told, hey, uh, we got this baby Hutlet, uh, the son of Jabba the Hutt. Can, can you put him in there? And I'm pretty sure that was a nightmare. Like, wait, how do we explain that? We would have to retcon so much stuff. So, yeah, I don't really recall a moment where he actually showed up in the old in the old canon. So, yeah, they could probably just say that, oh, he was um, d doing Crime Lord stuff somewhere else. Or maybe he died at the hands of the Yuuzhan Vong. Or hell, he could have been, like, Jabba's father. Last time I heard, like, Jabba's father was trying to rig the will of Jabba the Hutt in the old canon or something like that. And therefore, they... Yeah, I know I'm not talking about the movie, but I'm talking about all the retcons that were done following certain aspects of this movie that I had discovered years later. Where he forced a fake will so that indicated that Jabba's son was still alive. And you could spin it in any way possible. Like Ahsoka's mere appearance, although is also a big contradiction, but they corrected that very quickly. So, yeah. Also, when I had looked back on this movie and when I started not liking the Jedi after Season 5 and looked back on it, the animation is not as good as Season 5 and 4 and 3 became... But I thought it was suitable for TV movie status. If they had waited and done the siege and did the siege of Mandalore and turned it into a film, I would have been all for that. Yeah. But like, yeah. Um, when I was looking back on this and rewatching it, I was like, okay, Yoda and Obi Wan conspired to rig Anakin to have a Padawan. Okay. Do they honestly care about Ahsoka, or do they just see her as, okay, she could be our instrument to control Anakin. We need to keep him at this level we want him to be at. We can't let him think for himself. That's stupid. Because th feelings and thinking for oneself is the enemies of the Jedi. And not nothing like the Sith. So we're going to manipulate him in a dark, twisted way and probably get a girl killed. We are great people. Yeah, I'm still um, on the up on that. In fact, in my story, I have it retconned that the Jedi kind of did some fucked up things in order to see if Ahsoka was a suitable candidate. I have that idea. Um, it's to further show severance between Anakin and the Jedi. I'll talk about that in a future video, Neo Reality Rights. So anyways, um... Anyways, um, <clears throat> so following the Battle of Christosis, and there are several prequel, episode, prequel episodes that were on TV. Yeah, the Clone Wars has this one major issue that a lot of people still say is an issue. Yeah, why are the episodes out of chronological order? The first episode starts in, like, season two or three. 
Yeah, I don't get that. Even even a lot of people were like, "What?" Luckily, the uh, StarWars.com corrected that and gave a list of how the episodes are in order. And this was before Disney's buyout, so yeah, they, no one can say Disney did this. So yeah, that's basically the plot. Is involving this baby hutlet that. Uh, is kidnapped by the Separatists, and the Separatists are trying to manipulate that the Republican Jedi did this, and really considering how the Jedi shadiness has been throughout the centuries, I wouldn't put it past if they did that. But we clearly know it's not the case. Um, also, there were some things that really bugged me that kept confusing me. Why... On Earth is Christopher Lee and Samuel L. Jackson in this movie. Even Anthony Daniels is in it. Playing their respective original characters. But they're not doing that in the show. Like, I think Samuel L. Jackson did say he was open to coming back to do the voiceover for Mace Windu. Even Hayden Christensen was all for coming back to play Anakin for the show. So, yeah, these this movie was comprised of several episodes that were woven together very rushly um, and whatnot. So, yeah, and while they won't say it, I'm pretty sure that some people at Lucasfilm Animation was like, um, why are you making us do this? Yeah, they... Ultimately, here's the thing I read from interviews that I was reading from quotes from them. Um, and, th and this is the thing that, like, they are so loyal to George Lucas. Um, they just say this. Sometimes George Lucas works in strange ways. Howard Rothman, the president of Lucas Licensing. Producer Kathy Winder said the same decision added to the already large challenge of establishing a show of this sophistication and complexity, but she felt it was a good way to start the series and thought be budgetarily constra budgetary constraints forced the production to think outside the box in a positive way. Just say that that was a bad idea and really they should have just made a TV movie. Like... I don't really see what was considered outside the box other than concepts that were already planned up for the show. That, like... They can't, like... As far as I know, George Lucas only acted crazy to some perspective is when he says, I want to get a sledgehammer and smash every single copy of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Granted, that's a valid point, but it's still insane. Like, he's not Vince McMahon. Where he'll just fire anyone or bury anybody for saying something that offends him in the slightest. So why would people freak out if George Lucas doesn't like the way that people say... Lucas, I, I don't think this is a good idea. We could make a TV movie, but an actual film to be shown in theaters? I, I don't think that would be a good idea. Like, they could just give him advice, not criticize him. That's a different matter. Instead of overly praising him like this was a great idea. When clearly it wasn't. And, yeah. Um. So, also, we get another character that a lot of people kind of hate. Like, you know, um, Zero the Hut. I thought he was there. I didn't think he was overly annoying. I just thought he was just there. Like, he was supposed to be 
Oh, they're trying to see if they can salvage this conspiracy. Why not just not have him in the role? Just have Count Dooku be the guy. And Palpatine. Oh yeah, speaking of which, Palpatine's in this, and... How do I say this? There is a moment in the show, in the, in the uh, movie, that... Really, if you were coming into Star Wars and this was your jumping off point and they were going to do this, it would have been like, that is the dumbest idea you thought of. Because there's a scene where Palpatine is speaking to Count Dooku and Darth, I mean, and General Grievous and Asaz Ventress. Oh wait, I don't think Grievous was in this. Yeah, he wasn't in this, never mind. He was talking to Count Dooku and they show Palpatine's face. Yeah, I think it was early in the movie. They show Palpatine's face, and then after any other scene afterwards, is showing him with the shot with the signature shadow he has around his face when he wears the hood. And I was like, "Why did you do that?" Like, really think of it from a newcoming fan perspective. They keep hearing about Star Wars, about how this is gonna all go down, and they want to know who's the Emperor and who's this dark figure. Well, that's ruined when they realize that. Oh wait, you gave it away already. Yeah, like, great, it's freaking obvious. I think that was the mentality they went with. Like, look, it's obvious, but that can't really make any sense because they keep showing him in shadows with the hood on even after this was shown. That, that's the one thing that bugged me. Like, what? Oh, man, that, that is... Yeah. But this was really when Dave Filoni was getting his footing, so I'm not going to bash him too much on this. Like, yeah, there's going to be some issues. Like, this was his first, this was his big project he's been working on. And this was published by Warner Brothers, not by 20th Century Fox. That was a first. But, like I said, if this was made for a TV movie, then yeah, it would have gotten a better reception. And, really, that's like they should have really done that. So, yeah, Dooku did this because he wants the Zero to take control of the Huts because... Yeah, they never explained why Zero was needed for this. That That's why I always said, well, then what was the point of him? Just have Dooku think he can trick Jabba because Jabba clearly believed him with the manipulated footage. Like, okay, they said, and I think they were trying to show this, that if Jabba finds out, he's going to raise all hell, so he felt like they're going to have to kill him and cover it all up. But why don't they just say that? Why don't does Zero say this in custody when he says this? Like, they, they, they strong-armed him to do this. I grant it, he willingly would have done it, but still... But yeah, this show, for very diehard Legends fans, knew this was going to consider them to be a canonical nightmare. Because, really, they already retconned certain aspects. Like, they retconned... Like, everyone assumed Ventress died at the Clone Wars series. The old Star Wars Clone Wars series. I I'm like, granted, there is a chance she could have survived that fall. I honestly thought there was a chance. But... Yeah, as a kid, I thought she was dead. Then I see her again. I was like, okay, so how does she survive? No, we're not going to go that way. Yeah, and here's the thing. Ventress clearly does hint in the movie that, yeah, 
you put me through this, so I'm here to get revenge. You made me go through that experience, and I almost died because of you, Anakin, so I'm going to get revenge. So, Disney never explains that now, since they rebooted the franchise. But nonetheless, yeah, I was a little surprised Grievous never showed up in this. I think at the time they didn't have the money for it. Like, there are character models they wanted to do, like Quinlan Voss in Season 1, but they didn't have the money at the time. Now they did, afterwards. So, yeah. Yeah, I know I'm bashing this a little bit, and also saying how Legends fans kind of saw this as a canonical nightmare because there was so much uh, things they would have to retcon and fix. And, yeah, I, I can understand that pu that viewpoint. But, um, yeah. But I really was more interested in seeing Ahsoka. Especially, and, and this was, like, one of the few times I could actually give Disney credit. And Dave Filoni mostly on this. But this movie where it introduces Captain Rex, you know, one of the most popular clone troopers. And Ahsoka's first interaction where, where Captain Rex says... E experience outranks everything and yeah Ahsoka references in Star Wars Rebels Twilight of the Apprentice when she says we'll have experience where Ahsoka says in the first in the movie where if experience outranks everything she you could transition it smoothly to have Ahsoka in the future say that I definitely outrank you and I was like okay that's that okay that's pretty awesome Kind of shows that even though Disney clearly wants to bastardize Star Wars films for a variety of reasons because misery equals equals quality storytelling without substance, I'm still on that. Um, yeah, I did love that they still try to show connections to the old days. You know, the days when creativity was the norm and whatnot and makes us remember the good old days when Disney wasn't an oppressive dictator because the prequels exist and therefore they can get away with bastardizing everything and Marvel can do whatever they want except make R-rated pictures. I'm still on the fence on the whole Deadpool still being rated R in Disney's world. I still don't think that's going to happen. So, yeah. The Star Wars, the Clone Wars movie, it was okay. It was fine. It should have been a TV movie, not a theatrical release film. The animation's okay. It wouldn't improve, like, the first two seasons showcase this. It wouldn't improve much by till season three. And that's when it got to cinematic quality animation, in my opinion. Especially in season five. And I certainly still believe that Siege of Mandalore should be given its own theatrically based movie. Just blow it up and it has some tying plot points for Ahsoka's character. Maybe they could just call it Ahsoka a Star Wars story. They could do that, but now, it, now they're bringing back the show, so I'm not going to complain on that. At least we're getting that moment that everyone's been wanting to see. So, yeah. Um... A lot of big elements would be brought in, like Captain Rex. We got the eventual rise of Darth Vader. Well, that was a given. Um, we got Ahsoka Tano's story arc and her eventual win over with the fans. Yeah, and Captain Rex, a lot of people liked him, like, virtually within a couple of episodes or so. So, 
Yeah, there was a lot of some good stuff that was put in that would set the stage for the show. And here's the thing I love most. It's the fact that the tone for the first two seasons and this movie and half of season three is all optimistic. And then it starts to get fucking dark. Like, really dark and morbid. To showcase the reality that war is to, to this world, the Star Wars universe was taking a dark turn. But I'll cover that in future videos when I get to season three or whatnot. And cover season four and five. And the Lost Missions. So, those were my thoughts and actually a variety of thoughts on certain aspects of the Star Wars Clone Wars movie and its surrounding consequences and positives of the Star Wars The Clone Wars 2008 movie. This was Neo Reality on Twitter. If you like, comment, subscribe, and donate for more.